Welcome back to SAIL, your one-stop shop for all things speech-language pathology, offering 100% of all resources and knowledge required to help you on your SLP journey. Over the course of three weeks, we introduce you to motor speech disorder, or MSDs for short. First, we walked you through dysarthria and apraxia, in which we looked at the features, clinical signs, symptoms, identification, and differential diagnoses. Last week, we explored the assessment and measurement of MSD, once again focusing on dysarthria and apraxia specific to the adult population. In our final installment of our trio of talks, we will address management and intervention of dysarthria and apraxia, leading from potential assessment that could inform the direction of therapy. As you should remember from last week, dysarthria and apraxia have their own unique individual assessment measures that will thereafter inform the SLP on the nature of their disorder, as well as the intervention plan best suited for addressing. Assessment may result in the following outcomes. Diagnosis of the specific type of dysarthria or AOS, clinical description of the characteristics and severity of the disorder, statement of prognosis and recommendations for intervention that relates to overall communication advocacy, including AAC measures as needed, identification of relevant follow-up services for appropriate intervention and support for the individual, as well as referral to other professionals as needed. Now, referral is especially important regarding management as a common management plan for MSDs included combined intervention from a multidisciplinary team. As we progress in this episode, discussing the various intervention methods for MSDs, we will continue to refer back to the MET and how other allied healthcare professionals aid SLPs in creating optimal outcomes for dysarthria and apraxia intervention. Intervention of dysarthria. Clinical management of dysarthria comprises of a variation of treatment of aimed at optimizing the individual's ability to use spoken communication effectively. Behavioral interventions address all dimensions of the International Classification of Functioning, Disability, and Health, or the ITF framework. Body structure, function, and impairment, activity, participation, and contextual factors are all components of this framework. Intervention at the body structure and function consists of impairment-centered exercise related to the effect of oral, pharyngeal, laryngeal, and respiratory musculature effect. These are usually non-speech and oral motor movements of the affected muscle groups. Such exercises may include external stimulation of the muscle, such as applying ice packs, brushing the skin, acupuncture, both traditional and electrical or transcranial magnetic stimulation of the brain. This approach is known as a restorative, which is aimed at reducing physiological impairment by improving strength and movement and precision or coordination of the affected speech musculature. Additionally, this body structure-centered approach could include behavioral compensation, which targets certain behaviors that are resultant of the individual's dysarthria. For example, the clinician could enable the individual with the ability to reduce the rate of speech to improve phonation and speech intelligibility. The techniques utilized in this approach would be best implemented alongside a physiotherapist who can address muscle tone and measure improvement of the efficacy of the individual's oral muscular. Hence, the importance of the multidisciplinary collaboration 
which was previously mentioned. At the activity level, compensatory strategies to increase intelligibility through purposeful speech production, such as over-articulation or slowing rates of speech may be used. Additionally, alternative ways to communicate or support speech may be used through the provision of assistive or alternative types of communication, or the AAC. This could supplement spoken communication or replace the individual's manner of expressive communication entirely, depending on the severity of the dysarthria as well as the suitability of the individual for the AAC. These could be alphabet charts, communication boards, or computers with artificial voice software, for example. Traditionally, these treatment methods are combined into an eclectic approach that is catered to the individual, with tasks aligning to the nature and severity of the dysarthria, as well as an individual's goals and preferences. Prognosis factors such as neuroplasticity and motor um, learning suggest that intensive treatment schedules may maximize speech recovery, leading to improvements in communication impairment, participation, and quality of life. However, Oh, yeah. However, providing intensive therapy using traditional individual service delivery models may pose a challenge in the context of scarce health resources. This is especially important to consider in the South African context, where access to rehabilitative services is not often available for those in peri-urban and rural areas. Right. Therefore, SLP should consider the viability of group therapy and intervention for MSDs. Group therapy would in turn address the participation level of the ICP. ICF rather, components for dysarthric intervention. Participation level approaches may use facilitated group work, education, and feedback to support the psychological health of people living with dysarthria. This would also speak to the MDT requiring a psychologist or a social worker that will enable the individual to rehabilitate a stable mental state and reintegrate into social context. Participation level approaches are especially important as this opera impacts beyond impaired communication. It can negatively affect psychological well-being and social participation. The psychological impact cannot be understated, as it could be influenced by pre-morbid levels of communication impact. For example, an individual with mild dysarthria but high levels of communication before their illness may experience psychological impairment as severe as someone with more severe dysarthria. These approaches would also address the contextual factors, the contextual factors component of the ICF, wherein the individual, the individual's environmental and personal contextual factors would be targeted in intervention. This intervention plan holistically considers the specificity of the individual's ICF, as well as the importance of a multidisciplinary team in dysarthria intervention. Through the implementation of such a plan, the SLP would aim to achieve optimized recovery for each dysarthric patient. Thus, this overarching aim, sorry, <laughs> this overarching aim is similar when addressing apraxia in intervention. Moving on to apraxia um, treatment um, intervention methods. Um, so some of the considerations that we have to um, mind rather sorry <laughs> when designing a treatment program for an individual with AOS is client autonomy and personal preferences, task difficulty, task hierarchy. This is for individuals who are nonverbal. Um so reflexive act reflexive actions rather 
for example, coughing or laughing may be initially elicited as reflexes and then shaped to volitional. Volitional. We know this word. And also, voluntary speech production. Feedback. Um, learning may be enhanced when feedback is provided following correct responses in, com in comparison to incorrect responses. And self-monitoring and self-correction can facilitate and maintenance of skills. Factors influencing treatment decisions. Severity of co-occurring conditions may influence treatment decisions. For example, improving the functional communication of an individual with severe language and cognitive impairment following a stroke may take precedence over treatment of their AOS. Treatment for individuals with progressive AOS resulting from a degenerative disease is often appropriate, particularly for those with no significant language or cognitive impairments. The goal of treatment is to maximize communication at each stage of not to reverse or decline. Goals in the early stages might begin with efforts to improve speech and maintain comprehensive followed by establishing the use of compensatory strategies, including AAC. Okay, moving on to treatment approaches. Treatment can be restorative, um, i.e. aimed at improving or restoring impaired function and or compensatory. This is being aimed at compensating for deficits not amenable to, or to retraining. In the case of progressive um, apraxive speech, it may also help maintain speech functioning. Approaches aimed at improving speech production intelligibility sorry, focus on re-establishing motor plans and programs and improving the ability to select and activate them in set program parameters, for example, speed, in specific situations. Approaches used to compensate for AOS focus on teaching use of strategies or external aids and creating or personalizing those resources. This would be using gestures, writing, or drawing to communicate. Some approaches may be used in both restorative and compensatory capacities. For example, the AAC is used to provide functional communication options while supporting, enhancing, and potentially improving speech production. Multiple input phoneme therapy. Multiple input phoneme therapy is appropriate for individuals with severe AOS. The program proceeds through a hierarchy of steps that stress phoneme generalization in multiple input stimuli. The individual stereotypic utterances are used as initial stimuli. The clinician models these utterances while simultaneously providing a gestural or prosodic cue, for example, tapping the individual's arm. Um. The clinician then fades the voice and mimes the movement while the individual continues to produce the target. New words use the initial phoneme of a stereotypic utterance. For example, one, to win. The number of targets and the length and phoneme complexity progressively increase. The individual initially repeats the stereotypic utterance in a non-volitional manner and eventually regains volitional control and the ability to spontaneously express words and phrases. Okay, then we have sound production treatment. Um, this is intended to improve production of consonants that are problematic for a particular speaker. It uses a treatment hierarchy that incorporates modeling and repetition of minimal contrast word pairs. Augmentative and alternative communication. Um, this involves supplementing or replacing natural spoken language with writing and or aided 
um, devices such as picture communication, line drawings, speech generating devices and tangible objects or unaided, which would be manual signs, gestures and finger spelling symbols. Whereas aided symbols require some type of transmission, transmission device, the production of unaided symbols requires only body movements. When selecting AAC systems or devices, it is important to determine the individual's willingness to use them. So, here are a few tips many people with apraxia of speech may find helpful. Speak slowly. Think about what you want to say before you say it. Break long words and phrases into shorter chunks. You may find it easier to use shorter words. Use facial expressions and gestures to help clarify your message. Point to what you want and if you need to, draw pictures or write something down to make your meaning clear. If you're having trouble saying something, try saying it another way. Sometimes rephrasing can make it easier to get your message across. Try singing! Using melody can make it easier to articulate words clearly. Stay calm. If you're having trouble, it's okay to give up for now and come back to it later. Avoid important conversations when you're tired or emotional. If you can, write down what you want to say or use an augmentative communication system, AAC, to get your message across. Support and encouragement from family and friends is equally as important for some with apraxia. This would aid in addressing the context-related and particip participation or the deficits the individual faces as a result of their disorder. These following strategies would help the loved one of those with apraxia. Firstly, be patient. Give the person plenty of time to communicate. Establish the topic so you both know what you're talking about. Ask yes or no questions to clarify what you've heard ask questions that include two or three choices. If you don't understand something, repeat what you have understood and ask the person to confirm that your understanding is correct. Then focus on the parts of the message that are still unclear. Do not pretend you understand what the person is trying to say. Try a different approach or agree to come back to the topic. The aforementioned oh, approaches. <laughs> I am so sorry. I guarantee I know what I'm talking about. So the previously mentioned approaches are important for the treatment and management of apraxia. These approaches are structured around the International Classification of Disability Framework, or the ICF, which is crucial for providing holistic rehabilitation specialized for an individual. Please remember to check out our full resource pack to learn more about all the different approaches for apraxia intervention. Links below. And hopefully, this final episode has shown a light on the intervention for this arthroplexia. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploratory journey on motorsport. 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 <laughs> we hope that this trial of episodes, trial episodes, we have kept you well informed and well entertained. This, this has been, been Sale. sale.